This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking about social media issues with Paul Anderson, Director of Risk Management Publications at the ECRI Institute. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. Hi, thanks, Howard. For starters, why don't you tell us a little bit about the ECRI Institute and your role there? Sure. Uh, well, ECRI Institute, we're an independent, nonprofit organization, and for more than four decades, we've researched the best approaches to improving patient care, and we do that in a lot of ways, such as by evaluating medical devices and by researching the evidence base behind specific treatments or interventions. As the director of risk management publications, I oversee a dedicated staff that researches and writes for providers across the continuum of care, so acute, long-term, ambulatory care, and we identify ways to put processes and systems in place that make patient care safer while we're reducing an organization's regulatory and legal risk. The ECRI Institute recently issued a healthcare risk control report focused on social media. Why did you decide to prepare that report, and what's the most important message you'd like healthcare organizations to consider? We issued the report really because social media is growing so rapidly throughout all of healthcare, and we get a lot of questions from our members about the best way to manage all of those risks. Healthcare as an industry has been a little reluctant to move into social media, and risk managers particularly are very sensitive to all the ways that it can go wrong, you know, the damage that you can do to your reputation, uh, the privacy violations, and so on. But despite that reluctance, healthcare organizations are adopting social media, and individual providers obviously are as well. Uh, so the takeaway for me is that, yes, it can go horribly wrong, but it doesn't have to. And so, you know, when I'm talking to organizations, I say, you know, if you use social media in a thoughtful, planned way, uh, the potential benefits of improved patient and community communication can far outweigh the risks, uh, again, if you're doing it thoughtfully. Okay, so what do you see as the most significant privacy risk posed by using social media in healthcare? And the thing with, with privacy and social media is that social media makes it really, really easy and really inviting to violate patient privacy. Uh, social media, particularly blogs, but also Twitter and Facebook, is great for telling stories. And stories are great teaching tools and they're great marketing tools. But if you're not careful in the story that you're telling, it's also really easy to start sharing details about a patient that you don't have a right to divulge. You know, the other piece is that people don't often consider all the ways that you can violate patients' privacy under HIPAA. It's not just using a patient's name or a social security number. If you describe enough details about a person that a third party could identify them, you know, if you say, oh, we had a 42-year-old Hispanic male who had X, Y, and Z symptoms on June 23rd at Memorial Hospital, well, eventually you've given enough information away that you've effectively violated the patient's privacy. And so the ease in doing that uh, with social media, it's easier than, than other traditional forms of media. So what are the most important steps that healthcare organizations can take to mitigate privacy risks in using social media? And what privacy provisions should be spelled out in a social media policy? It sounds cliche, uh, but I think that the organization has to focus on education. It, it has to be more than the obvious, 
you know, in, in traditional HIPAA education, we're saying things like log off from computers when you walk away from the nurse's station, don't share passwords, restrict who can access files. With social media, it, it needs to go beyond that. And, and one of the great ways to do this, rather than just by issuing a series of, uh, you know, thou shalt not statements, is to share examples of situations where privacy has been violated. And if you can show staff examples of how it's gone wrong, uh, you know, it, it serves as a great educator. I always tell my kids, it's important to learn from mistakes, but if you can, you're better off learning from someone else's mistake rather than your own. As for uh, policy provisions that you should spell out, there are a few basics. First is no sharing photos of anyone without their express written authorization. Uh, you just can't do it, end of story, under HIPAA. The second, the policy really needs to spell out exactly uh, what the HIPAA definition is of personally identifiable health information. Uh, in other words, what cluster of descriptors do you have to avoid when you're talking about patients uh, beyond the obvious ones, as I said, like name or social security number? The third thing, I think, is you've got to create an environment where when staff are using social media, if they're not sure what the boundaries are, if they're not sure if something's okay, they have to be in an environment where they can ask and get answers. You've got to identify somebody who can answer that, and you've got to create an environment where it's okay. Because if you do, uh, my experience has been that people will try to comply with those rules. But if you don't set out those guidelines, people will keep tweeting anyway, they'll keep using Facebook, and you won't like what the outcome is because now there's no boundaries and nobody can come back and say, uh, or they can come back and say, well, I didn't know. How can organizations make sure employees don't violate the privacy of patients or coworkers or others while making personal use of social media? And what about addressing the free speech issues involved here? You know, I think, unfortunately, in the end, you probably can't make sure, uh, absolutely sure, that privacy is not violated. And that's why this is so scary to some folks, particularly risk managers the risk managers probably have to come to terms with the fact, unfortunately, that privacy is eventually going to be violated. And your role as a healthcare organization, then, is to limit that to the greatest extent possible and react appropriately when it does happen. Uh, what you have to do, again, is educate your staff so that they know where the appropriate boundaries are and make sure they know that, under the law, they have an individual obligation to protect patient privacy that extends beyond their employment and that they can be held individually liable for those violations. As far as free speech goes, you know, I'm, I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but there are obviously boundaries to free speech. Uh, the, the famous one is you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. Well, the same thing goes here. Your right to free speech ends when it infringes on my right to privacy as a patient, even if it's on your personal Facebook profile that I may never see. Uh, there are lots of other examples of social in social media uh, reputational issues more than privacy ones, uh, where an employee has a lot more leeway to say things that the employer might not, might not like, but it's protected by free speech, and patient privacy really isn't one of those areas where free speech is an issue. How should organizations go about handling privacy violations committed via social media by former employees? What issues does that raise? Well, if, if the violation occurs after the term of employment, and I want to clarify, this is not only employees, but it also covers volunteers or independent contractors. If it's after the term of employment ends, then the organization likely won't be sanctioned for violating HIPAA, 
because the law talks specifically about actions that are by covered entities and their employees, uh, present tense. It doesn't mention former employees. Now, still, you obviously want to stop it from happening. And for, for a healthcare organization, to make sure that they do that, they really have two steps that they need to try to follow. First is, while the person is still employed or still volunteering, make sure that they're properly educated, again, about their individual privacy obligations and that they understand that their individual obligation extends beyond the end of their employment. And, you know, from a good risk management perspective, you probably want to have them sign something to that effect and keep it on hand. Now, the second step is when you do become aware of a privacy violation, you want to have your legal counsel uh, reach out to the person who's committed that violation, uh, notify them that what they've done does violate a patient's privacy, advise them to remove the offending post, and obviously you want to keep uh, keep a record on hand of that communication between the, the legal counsel and whoever posted that offending information. Finally, what other advice would you offer regarding how to manage the privacy risks involved in using social media in healthcare? You know, the thing is that doctors and nurses have always violated patient privacy, whether it's at the nurse's station or in the elevator or at the bar or wherever, and they're going to keep doing it. And the difference with social media, obviously, is that it's much more public and, and much more permanent. So it's scary, and you probably can't stop it. Uh, for me, I, again, it just comes down to constant education and examples of violations and really hypervigilance to remove any offending posts after the fact. You know, when you're talking about doing social media on behalf of the organization, on official accounts, obviously you can limit the number of people with access to those accounts so that they can be tightly controlled and make sure that those folks are appropriately trained. But when you have all these staff members, and if you think of a hospital with hundreds or thousands of people working at just one hospital, and, and most of them are probably using social media on their own, uh, from the organization's perspective, you have to be able to say, we did everything we could to stop it, and that usually comes down to just education, education, education over and over. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with Paul Anderson of the ECRI Institute. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.HealthCareInfoSecurity.com.